0: The following resource is brought to you by Real Life Community Church in Richmond, Kentucky. We hope you're both challenged and encouraged by this message from Pastor Chris May. Join back together in fellowship. So I'm so excited for that. Before I get started, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I was raised by an incredible mom. If she's watching, thank you so much for everything that you did for me and my brother and continue to do today. My dad was talking about how they went to Sam's and the whole time they were at Sam's, they said, we should pick this up for Dakota and Becca. We should pick this up for Dakota and Becca. And my dad turned to my mom and said, they both have jobs. So uh, she's constantly looking out for us. And somebody else I want to thank is Pastor Chris. This this time during the this global pandemic has created church, we've had to learn how to do church differently. And I think Pastor Chris has done an incredible job in leading the congregation and and navigating this whole crisis. So I want to say thank you to our lead pastor in navigating through this and allowing me to speak this morning. So with that, let's pray before we dive into the word. Father, I thank you for real life community church. I thank you for a body that is striving to be real followers of Jesus. Father, I ask that you anoint this message, that you use these lips of clay. God, that your word speaks forth this morning. It's not man's ideas, but God, it's ultimately your words speaking forth. God, use me today. In Jesus' name, amen. So typically, you're good, Zach. Thank you so much. (laughs) So typically, I like to take a passage and go verse by verse through the passage and break down the passage. That's kind of a conviction here at Real Life Community Church to do that. But today I want to actually look at an overarching story in the book of Ruth. So in order to do that, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to take a passage from the first chapter and a passage from the last chapter and break it down. I would love to go all the way through the book of Ruth, all four chapters verse by verse today, but I think you want to have more of your Sunday than me spending the whole day doing that with you. So this morning, my goal is to show you that as a follower of Christ, our circumstances should not determine our joy because we have a hope and a promise in the work of Jesus Christ. The book of Ruth is an incredible little book. It's power-packed in four chapters, and it is actually one of the most beautiful literary works that we have in humanity. In fact, there's a story, and this is kind of separate, about Thomas Jefferson when he was an ambassador to France. He would regularly attend with a group that actually called themselves the Infidels. They were a secular group. And they would join together to, uh, to share literature and, to, and ideas. So one day he decided he was going to take the book of Ruth, but replace all the names of the people in the story and share the story of Ruth. And at the end of reading the story, some of them exclaimed and said, that is the greatest story that we have, That the greatest short story that's ever been written. And then he revealed to them that it was actually Scripture, and they were not so amused. <laughs> the context of the book of Ruth is that it's taking place in this time between Joshua and the kings. There's this in-between period where they had entered the promised land, but we had not yet got to Saul and King David. We were in this time period of judges. And what the book of Ruth tries to do is it tries to show the lives of individual, ordinary people that are living in this precarious time period. So if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Ruth, the first chapter, verse 1. I'll be reading out of the ESV version. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn to the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons, the name of the man was Elimelech, and, his, and the name of his wife was Naomi. And their names of their two sons were Malone and Kilion. I hope I pronounced those right. I practiced before. They were Aphrodites from Bethlehem and Judea. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And she was left with her two sons. These sons took Moabite wives. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. Ruth. They lived there for about ten years, and both Malone and Kilion died. So that the women, so that the woman was left with her two sons, without her two sons and her husband. In this portion of scripture, we're introduced to Naomi. And what we see here is first we see a wife and a husband that are living in a time of famine. There's something precarious going on in their situation that in their land there's there's lack there. And they're trying to figure out how to survive in this land of lack. It being Mother's Day, I don't know about your family, but in my family growing up, any time we were going through a precarious situation, my mom was always the glue. Somebody got sick, we turned to mom. If somebody needed a last minute ride, we turned to mom. It sounds absolutely exhausting to me, but she was always there. But it wasn't just the trivial everyday things that she was there for. She carried the brunt of the burden for most things. Who cares for those that couldn't care for themselves in most families? Who sacrifices their time and energy to encourage the hopes and dreams of loved ones? Who is most likely to trade her hopes and dreams for a new set of hopes and dreams when life changes? So we meet Naomi and her husband, and they're living in a time of famine. And then she loses her husband. And then after losing her husband, her sons marry pagan wives. And see, that was a big deal during this time because they were going against the Mosaic law. But then, both of Naomi's sons die. And I mean, this is a common situation. When it rains, it pours. It just kept getting worse. It was disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. In this portion of scripture, Naomi goes from being a wife with a husband and two sons and two daughter-in-laws to being a widow with two widowed daughter-in-laws. It's a rough situation. It was like, Life just came along and pulled the rug completely out from under her for no apparent reason. James tells us that our faith is perfected when we go through trials and tribulations. Naomi was definitely going through some trials and tribulations here. But it's important for us to understand today that we are going to go through trials and tribulations and some sufferings as we go through this world. I know when I look back at my life, look back at situations in my life, there's time periods when I was like, God, why are you putting my family through this? Why are we going through this? But today I look back at those situations and I see how God used those circumstances to mold me into who he's called me to be and to mold my family into who we are called to be. It's incredible to see the things that my families went to and now we're stronger than ever. Naomi is left, jumping back to this scripture, is left with nothing but two pagan daughter-in-laws from disappointment to disappointment. What's interesting here is at first we see her weathering them all, but then she gets to a point where she's just done. She's came to a point where she's ready to give up. So she decides to go home and live out her days as a poor widow. She begged her daughter-in-laws to go back to their families, and one decided to go back to her family, and one didn't. She returned home a completely different person from a, a pleasant and sweet person from the pleasant and sweet person she once was. If you jump down a little bit in your scripture, we're going to go to Ruth, the first chapter, verse nineteen. This is the last portion we're going to go over in the first chapter. So the two of them, the Bible says, and that's Ruth and Naomi. The two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. So Ruth and Naomi returned to their hometown in Bethlehem, and when they go back into Bethlehem, this once newlywed bride that had left comes back, and her countenance is completely different. It's almost as if they can't recognize her because life has just completely demolished her. And it's interesting here that she changes, she says a few interesting things when she enters Bethlehem. She says, don't call me Naomi anymore. So me, I wanted to understand why she did that. There's a purpose why that's written in scripture. Well, if you look at the meaning of Naomi's name, it means sweetness or pleasant. And then when she switches it to Mara, that means bitter. So in fact, what she's saying is the sweet and pleasant girl you want to know, life has now made me bitter. She says, I went away full and now I've come back empty. I think we can all get to places like this in our life where it seems like we're just completely empty. We went out full, full of hope and desires and dreams and something happened and we feel empty. But in verse 22, there's a glimmer of hope that the author writes. And it says, they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. It's just a short foreshadowing there that the harvest is taking place. It's interesting to me. In my life, the things that I thought about that I thought were going to completely derail me, that it was going to completely alter the very course of my life, actually altered them for God's purposes. It's incredible that in those moments, I was praying for God to take me out of the situations, and he was there with me in the situations. If you're listening to this message today, and you feel like maybe none of your plans have worked out, like your life hasn't turned out anything like you expected it to be, that doesn't mean that God isn't working in your life. Naomi felt like God had forgotten completely about her and abandoned her. But what she didn't know is God was laying the groundwork not to only bless her, but to bless the entire nation of Israel and ultimately all of humanity through her line that would bring the Redeemer. She thought her story was over, but it was just chapter one. We're just one chapter into the book of Ruth. But in that moment, you see, a lot of times we read the stories and we and we know what the ending is. We know what's going to happen. So we read them and we glance over the individual circumstances that are taking place for that person. But if you put yourself in Naomi's shoes, could you imagine losing your husband and your two sons? Not having anybody to provide for you. And now you have the, the daughter-in-law of one of your sons that has passed away. And you're living in a time where there's a famine going on. That would be extremely difficult. So when Ruth and Naomi returned to Bethlehem, Ruth went out to glean what little food she could for her and Naomi. While gleaning, she met a man who was a relative, relative of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Throughout all of Naomi's disappointment, God was orchestrating everything to bring Ruth and Boaz together. This is where I would love to go into the second and third chapter and break down this story. And if you've never read the book of Ruth, I encourage you to read it today. It's only four chapters. It's an incredible little book that has an amazing love story in it. And if you've never read it, I encourage you to for sure. But a little spoiler alert so we can move a little bit faster. They end up getting married, Ruth and Boaz. And the love story is awesome. So now if you have your Bibles, jump to the last chapter. In the book of Ruth. I'll let you get there. I'm going to take a drink. Ruth, the fourth chapter, verse 13. It says this So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, hmm, yeah, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and, sh- and became his nurse. The woman of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi, name him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, and he was the father of David. So many times, we look at what our dreams are, what our plans are, and then something happens to take us off that path, and we feel like our dreams are being crushed before our very eyes. But even when we're going through these times of valleys and these times of suffering, we do not serve a God that's aloof to our situation. We serve a sovereign, all-powerful God God that cares about every detail of our lives, which is incredible to me. It's actually a crazy thought to me that we serve the creator of the universe that is all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere, omnipresent, and he cares about the little details of what I'm worrying about the little details of my life, the pain I feel. And I think sometimes the thing that we end up giving up on might be the very thing that God is working on. Naomi would have never suspected at all what God had in store for her. I I, I almost can guarantee that she thought that she was just going to be the old widow lady in town. But in reality, God was setting her up with Ruth and Boaz to establish the line through which Jesus would come through the lineage of David. Don't let disappointment make you bitter. Don't let life's circumstances steal your sweetness. Because God is not done with our story. Zach you can head up went quick In Psalm the 34th chapter it says this The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry Psalm 34:15 give you the verse too The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Naomi had experienced the most horrific disappointment of loss with her husband and sons. And we shouldn't diminish that. I think sometimes we, we rush past the, the hardships to get to the end of the story, the punchline of the story but she had to endure through these losses I think many times in our Christian faith we run to the resurrection and we miss the crucifixion and burial however God did not abandon Naomi he was faithful and the good news is he's still faithful today While Naomi thought her story was over with the death of her son and husbands, it was just the beginning of her story. Romans the eighth chapter, verse 35 says this Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written. Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's good. <laughs> Paul can preach all by himself. If you're watching this this morning, and you're at the end of your, your and you're at the end of your rope, and you feel like you've went from disappointment to disappointment, I want to encourage you say, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have a hope. You have a hope. Also, to those that might be currently living in a time of blessing, I want to encourage you to give thanks to God. I think many times when we're in a season of of blessing that we might forget to give thanks. But I want to encourage you today to give thanks to Him. And if you're watching this and you've Never experienced the love of God. Well, there's first bad news. And the bad news is you're living in opposition to Him, and that's horrible. But there's glorious news, and that Jesus paid the price for you, that He stepped in on your behalf, and that you can be cleansed by His blood. You just have to accept Him. If you've never done that, I encourage you to message the church, and we would be glad to pray with you. Comment, message, however you want to do it. It's a little bit different these days. But in any of these circumstances, we need to understand that our God is in control. That He's worthy. And that He's sovereign. It would be so difficult to be Naomi and still trusting God. But we see this throughout all the scriptures. When we go from Naomi and you read Job, there's so many circumstances That it seems like at the beginning that you're abandoned. But in all these stories, we are reminded of his faithfulness. That he's there. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. Father, I thank you that while we might experience disappointments, those disappointments don't steal our joy because our joy is found in you. God, thank you so much for everything that you've done on our behalf and done for us. God, I pray that you strengthen our hearts to, God, to walk worthy of what you've called us to. I ask that you touch each and every person as they watch this message today, to encourage them and that they know you're there with them. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. visit us online at myrealchurch.org.